0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Better Living, a show about the people and organizations that make an impact in our area. I'm your host, Nick Karisimi. The Stew Pot, a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Dallas, is the subject of today's program. I have two representatives in studio to talk about what this organization does and who they help. Up first is Brenda Snitzer. She is their executive director. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you, Nick.
0: Thank you very much for joining me. I heard a lot about this organization. Uh, the good people at Peach has recommended you. Here you are. We're gonna talk about all the different things that this organization does today, but we like to start off with the basics. What is the stew pot? What do you guys do?
1: So the stew pot's a ministry that was started in 1975 by the church, First Presbyterian, Um, In Dallas and what happened was there were people that were hungry and looking for food and so they started feeding people so it began as a soup kitchen but eventually over the years really needed to um, help people off the street get get back on their feet and so a lot more programs started so our mission is really helping people that are homeless or at risk for homelessness to get back on their feet to provide basic resources and um, tools for them to start a new life Um, and we also work with those that are in poverty So children and families that are on the cusp of homelessness or the working poor and and trying to help them have a good education and to better their lives.
0: This organization started in 1975. It did. How long have you been a part of this organization?
1: So two years, um, last February, and it's been such a joy to be a part of such a great mission, but all the people from not only the clients, but the staff and volunteers, just working with them is just a a pleasure.
0: How did you come to this Tupac?
1: So I, I am Presbyterian, and so I've, used to bring volunteer groups, my youth group, down to serve at the Stew Pot, both through the children's program, our Saturday program with the kids, as well as serving meals at the meal service. And um, so that was my first introduction. And when I knew the position was coming open, I was just, I was so excited to apply for and be a part of it.
0: Do you have Experience in nonprofits. What is your experience, work-wise?
1: So I, I've been in nonprofit work about 30 years. Um, my parents, even before I was an adult, um, raised us to serve and and to volunteer in the community. Um, and then I have degrees in education and social work, and and so I've been in various um, organizations. But my very first job out of school is as a probation officer in South Dallas, Oak Cliff, and West Dallas. So I have a real love for the people in the inner city because they're. Um, The lower income and those in in poverty um, really do have a lot more needs that a lot of us don't always see and don't understand um, for people that are just born into generational poverty.
0: What types of groups and organizations, what missions did you work on when you were a kid? You said this was a family endeavor. What did you do when you were younger? What do you remember? Um,
1: so my, my little sister had diabetes, and so my parents um, were very involved in raising money for the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation, um, and then my my parents also, uh, my sister went to Lutheran High School, and so we um, helped raise money for Lutheran. Um, it was a private school, but you know, a lot of people didn't have money to, to pay for a private education, mm. so scholarships. So my mother was a fundraiser for them. So just kind of came naturally. And then I've been with other organizations like Girls Incorporated and Big Thought in, in the community and a few others, um, as well as my church um, when my children were small. So I've I've done a lot of you've, different. It, Thank you've you. done a
0: lot, but you started off pretty serious. If you're a probation officer in South yes. Dallas, that's some that's some heavy work. It is. What drew you to that?
1: I think you know working in the community, particularly with those in poverty, I saw so much where people wanted to have a better life but didn't always have the opportunity. And I wasn't really the criminal justice um, kind of bent. I really was social service, and mm-hmm. so it was just real natural to move into the nonprofit community from from really seeing the need in those communities to to really um, going into more of a social service helping profession.
0: Served as a motivator.
1: Yes, much, very much so, and I I actually also like the nonprofit model where it's it's people in the community supporting organizations with um, voluntary dollars and volunteer service and and then also help um, people that come to nonprofits it's it's not just a handout it's usually a hand up and trying to help them you know move beyond their circumstances
0: I wanted to talk about this later but you're already bringing it up it looks like this organization really focuses on preventative measures to make sure that people don't end up homeless is that something that the organization has Always done?
1: So, you know, when we started with the soup kitchen, it was people that were down on their luck and didn't, you know, maybe were homeless or were not able to get a good meal. And so they were um, serving meals. Um, but even really early on, we started with our children and youth program. There was um, a school nearby that had a lot of low income and homeless um, children and families. And so they adopted that school and started working with them. And that was actually at the very beginning of the Stewpots. Um, Beginnings and, and so that program is our children and youth program. And so that is a prevention program where we have after school on Wednesday nights and on Saturdays all um, morning. And then during the summer, we have a seven week Monday through Friday program for children and, and families first through 12th grade. Um, working with uh, the, the kids so that they, you know, support their education, help do a lot of extracurricular, think about college in the future. And then with that program, we've um, because it's been going so long um, and the kids are very directed towards college and college visits and really thinking about their future education, um, we have over 50, and at times we've had over 60 young people on college scholarships. Um, and we've graduated a lot of young people. Um, some start out at community college and then transfer to four year institutions. Some go right into four year schools. We've had kids that have gone on to law school and med school. Um, and because of the longevity, a lot of those kids come back and then mentor the other kids that are in the program. So it is, it, it, and that is a prevention program, helping those families. Um, those are the working families working poor that their kids then make uh, you know a lot of transitions and help their families later on
0: a successful program how popular is it how many kids are you able to help
1: so about 150 kids come to us throughout the year um, and then we're able to support about a hundred families on our family stabilization um, once a month we do food distribution and so help them with groceries and we get food from the North Texas Food Bank we purchase at a you know, very Uh, reduced rate, the food, and then distribute it to our families um, so that they can stretch their grocery dollars. Um, We also have a clothing closet and resource kind of um, space so they can get things like that at reduced costs or free clothing and and be able to um, stretch their dollars for rent and other needed items
0: for the kids that are a part of that program are the families a part of stew pot programs do they come independently how do kids find the organization
1: so it's mostly word of mouth um and we really rarely have we usually have a waiting list so Mm -hmm. um the there we do um esl classes as well as parenting classes and we do help support you know the parents and um communicating with the schools um because a lot of the the families are spanish-speaking um and so we uh, the children are usually English speaking, but they' most of our um, staff are bilingual. so mm-hmm. they're able to really support those families in helping with the educational process with kids.
0: I liked I, I saw it on your website and also a flyer that you gave me, the website once again, thestewpot.org is that you help the kids in a recreational sense and you also help them in an education sense. You're doing both to make sure mm-hmm. that they can, Help their futures, but right. also enjoy being a kid.
1: Yeah, if you um, go to our website and watch, there's a really great video about the Children and Youth Program. You'll see them doing things like just going bowling. And Myra, the the featured um, person in the video, talks about she didn't get to do those things with her family, um, going to the movies, you know, she went with the stew pot, um, but her family, you know, was wor- always working and they didn't get to do those kinds of things. So the recreational and the things that they were exposed to, she said the first time she ever went out of town was with the stupid and was to go to look at colleges and those were just um, memories and experiences that you know really shaped the the young woman that she is and she said she'd never really even thought about college until going through the those college visits and really thinking about what did what did her future hold and she's an amazing young woman that's a teacher now today so
0: that's amazing yeah How many, you mentioned it already, how many of these kids are are coming back and helping the organization or the community in some capacity? Right.
1: Well, we have dozens that come back um, and help with the program. They may come mentor or volunteer or, you know, tutor, um, you know, just visit. Uh, our kids that are in college come back every year. If we do a kind of a Sunday, special Sunday, scholarship um, Scholars Day. And so the church gets to support and encourage. And, and some of them have found jobs through church members, you know, talking mm. about what their major is and what they're looking for in a job. And um, so it's, it's a really wonderful family of folks, and a lot of them have siblings that have come up through the program, too. So you'll, you'll see um, a number, three, four kids from the same family that have gone through our program. And um, Myra even talks about in her video that um, it's a generational impact that you're making when you support the children and youth program, the Stew Pot.
0: When they're finally old enough, too, are they excited to come back and do this and not necessarily just show off what they have done, but show everybody else what's possible?
1: Oh, absolutely. They, you know, it's, it's great for them to come back and talk about their careers, which they do a lot of um, for the youth, but even for the, the children's program, just to talk about where they went to college or what their profession is and just tell them about what they remember about this two pot, the sleepovers and the fun things that, you know, all of us love doing when we were kids, you know, with our church or a lock in or whatever. That's kind of the things they like to talk and share.
0: Brenna Schnitzer is the executive director of The Stew Pot. You can find them online at thestewpot.org. This organization is known, I would say, for feeding the homeless, but as we're already getting into, you guys do a lot more than that. You've been the executive director of the organization for two years. What have you been working on? What did you want to work on when you took over The Stew Pot?
1: So one of the things that I really wanted to see, which I think all of us that the work with the homeless, we want to... Um, try to end homelessness, whether it's for that one person that's homeless or for the, the it, it's a big issue in, in Dallas. And so um, collaborations is what I've um, done most of my career. Um, I've worked at a lot of organizations, so I know a lot of different entities. And so really working with all the different organizations in town that are trying to provide homeless services, that was one of my goals, was just to have stronger connections and see how we can um, help. One of the issues when I first got uh, to the Stew Pot was that we everybody had identified a transportation Network and wanting to have transportation for the, the those that are homeless or experiencing homelessness to be able to get from place to place because if they're trying to get meals or they're trying to get their IDs or they're trying to um, get to a resource that might have housing for them um, that's a challenge if they're walking and a lot of them are you know much older than me you know grandparents age parents age. Um, and it's tiring and you know depending on the weather the heat or the cold so we identified maybe having some kind of transportation network and this year uh, about four or five months ago we were actually able to get that funded by the City of Dallas there's about six of us um, partners that put that together Um, City Square, Austin Street are calling uh, the Stew Pot North Texas Behavioral Health and and Salvation Army we all work together to put together this proposal City of Dallas and those entities we're all putting money into it. And so we now have a transportation circuit that takes folks around. So that was exciting to get that project funded. Do
0: you have buses that take people around? How is it set up?
1: Yeah. So there's two. um, One's a 25 passenger kind of uh, mini bus and the other is a van and they have a route that goes around. Um, One is a bigger route that goes to the VA and some other locations, um, as well as all those partners locations. And then one is a shorter route, just kind of more close to downtown. Um, But it really does move people around to those different entities and like we serve meals at the bridge um, which is just a couple blocks over we serve a thousand meals a day um, breakfast lunch and dinner and so folks you know when they come to the stew pot they're getting id and casework services and counseling services and all those kinds of things but then they need to go over to the bridge for meal service that's kind of the way it is for partners um, they refer people for id services we might refer back to you know, the VA or Salvation Army for housing, um, for VA, veterans um, assistance. So that's that was the reason we wanted to have this network.
0: So you've kind of set up the stew pot as a hub. People can get food and then start their day, essentially make their way around the city, go get the services they need so they can yeah. get back on their feet.
1: Right. Yes. And there are several different shelters like Austin Street is um, overnight shelter. The bridge is overnight shelter. So, so is Salvation Army. So all of those shelter services then can come to us for certain things and to Um, you know the VA and different and Parkland for different resources most of us have medical, dental, mental health services at our locations um, and just like the stew pot does so those are resources that um, if somebody is experiencing homelessness or is in severe poverty then they can come to us as like a lot of the other entities.
0: Have you found that the transportation service is helping the different organizations to work better and more closely together
1: I think it was, you know, not only does it help them, the, our clients work closer together, but it was, it was a project that we could all focus on. We all try to really work closely together. We're all working on inclement weather, which, you know, the city of Dallas is working on. Um, we're all trying to solve some of the same problems. And the more that we can work together and have um, solutions, then then the better our clients are going to be for that. So,
0: A thousand meals a day. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> It's a lot more than I had anticipated when I was doing the research uh, for what you guys are doing. Is is that... Enough? Do you need to do more? Where are you guys at in terms of? I mean, a thousand meals is a lot of food per yes. day.
1: That's about three or four hundred meals each, you know, at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And um, we have thankfully volunteers. So our staff um, does the meal service. They cook the food. They prepare, you know, they do the nutritional planning and all of that. And we coordinate everything and we coordinate all the volunteers. We have 16,000 volunteer slots a year that we have to fill for helping us serve in that same saves a lot of money Mm. from us serving. And so they actually um, coordinate, you know, about 15 volunteers for each meal service. And so we have groups, we have corporate groups, we have um, churches, synagogues, organizations, individuals that come in. And again, if somebody's wanting to volunteer, they can go to our website and there's places for the meal services, for our clothing closet, for other um, opportunities for for, um, volunteering, including our event that I think you were going to ask me about coming up. We got the event Um, coming up. Yeah. And so um, we have an art program. We have a gardening program. We have a music program with the Dallas Street Choir that's a partnership. And so there are many, many places for folks if they want to get involved and volunteer. And there's many ways that um, clients can receive services and try to um, have a better life or get back on their feet.
0: One thing I'm not quite clear about is the restaurant Second Chance Cafe is that separate- Mm-hmm. from the food service?
1: So we're our meal service program, we we serve at the bridge and we call that the Second Chance Cafe. So that's the name for the, the cafe, the cafeteria at the bridge and we run everything there. So that's that's how, how it is. And then we do have a food recovery program. So one of the ways we keep our costs down um, is by uh, restaurants donating um, mm-hmm. food to us or the convention center, like if they've had an event and it gets canceled for some reason, They'll call us. We'll go pick up the food. As long as it's been prepared commercially and kept hot or cold or the right you know, temperatures, then we're able to go and pick up that food and, and use it at the bridge or with other clients at the stew pot.
0: I love that. You go to events and you see so much food and you know that it's all going to go in the trash. But right. luckily, you guys are there to pick it up yep. and make sure that people are actually able to eat. So it's a mix of Finding food and then also the food that you cook and that's how you're able to produce, you know a thousand meals a day
1: Yes, yeah
0: pretty amazing. All right. One of the really cool things that um, I-, I saw and it-, and it looks like it's part of the case management uh, That you guys offer people that mm-hmm. that want your help is ID services. It's yes. something that gets overlooked I don't think a lot of people really even think about it. What what happens in there when I say ID services? What do you think of?
1: So when when folks um, become homeless, uh, a lot of times, you know, they might have gotten evicted or maybe they were um, put in prison and, and they're um, or they are staying out on the streets before they realize how to get shelter. Then they may um, have their belongings stolen or lost because all their things were taken um, you know, in an eviction Um so they need those IDs, like their Texas ID or their birth certificate or social security card to be able to get a job or to get uh, back into housing, even to be able to be in shelter. They need an, an ID to um, verify who they are. So uh, the StewPod is one of the, the specialists, the experts that people refer um, folks to to get those those resources. And so our caseworkers help with that. Um, they help with a lot of other services too, but that is definitely one that we're not for
0: is that a hard thing to do is it hard to get somebody an ID
1: um you know uh, actually uh, probably Santos that you'll be talking to later will probably be able to to tell you a little bit more it's um, it it depends Mm. it depends on if they're trying to recover documents that are here in the state of Texas or if it's out-of-state so he can probably share more about that with you
0: another one that I had I've never actually heard of this is a document bank uh-huh. for people that want your services. How does that work?
1: So um, once folks have their IDs replaced, um, then we can be that document bank, kind of like a safe. Like if you were to have a, at the bank a, you know, a Social Security I mean, a, a lockbox or whatever, we're that lockbox for them so that they don't have to worry about those documents being stolen again or lost um, because they're staying on the streets or staying in a shelter where they don't have um, somewhere to lock up their...
0: Is that a unique service?
1: A little bit, yeah. That There aren't that many... That that ha- do that so that is one of our um, you know benefits to our clients.
0: It sounds like the organization really does listen to what people need yeah. and then applies that. Is that where the strength of this organization comes from, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, I think um, one of the unique things is over the years we've really tried to help um, find where the gaps of services and how can we as the Stupot do that. But we've also helped build other organizations. We helped with Genesis and Austin Street get established. We helped with Interfaith Housing um, get established. So it's, sometimes it's, it's, it's the stew pot, adding services that we might need, or adding, helping other organizations get started because we've seen a need, um, like the transportation network. You know, that's not something we had to do just us. There was a lot of us that wanted that you know, service. And so, so we're always trying to look at what are the unique um, areas uh, that we can help out.
0: Do you want this organization to grow? Are you happy with where you're at? It sounds like a lot of your efforts have been pulling in people that are already providing great services and developing more of a, a network. Okay. How do you want this organization to, how do you want it to be in the future?
1: I think, you know, our ultimate goal would be to end homelessness. And again, um, you know, whether that's ending it for that one person or as many people as we can, Um, unsheltered people, that's a huge problem in the city of Dallas right now um, at the end of this month. Uh, we're going to be, you know, doing the point in time count, and that will indicate how many people are unsheltered. Last year, um, there was over 1,500 people that were unsheltered, not in shelter, on some of the coldest nights of the year. And, um, and this is just in Dallas. It's just in Dallas, and that's that's because there's not enough beds. There are, you know, there's some great shelters out there, but they have a limited number of beds. And so, uh, affordable housing is a huge issue. Not having enough shelter beds, and so there are a lot of people that are on the street, and and the stewpot. It tends to be the place that a lot of those unsheltered folks come and get services. Um, and so we would love to see that um, number go down. That would be wonderful. Um, we want to grow our services in for the to meet the needs. Like our counseling program grew. That's something that is wasn't a year ago. We didn't really have. We did some counseling, but we've grown that service because folks have trauma, and we started realizing the more that we could do some short-term emergency crisis counseling. Or some long term, trying to help move people along um, as they're making those steps to getting off the streets and getting into housing. They still needed more support, and so the more that we can look at what is that that it's going to take to get them to stay housed or to get you know back on their feet. Those are the kinds of things we want to do.
0: The unsheltered population of Dallas. Are you guys seeing it go up? Are you seeing it go down? What is that? What does that look like for the city of Dallas?
1: So for the last two years, it's increased 9% each year, so um, 18%. So,
0: Do you guys have an understanding of why that's a significant jump?
1: So most of us believe that it is because of the the lack of affordable housing and that, um, you know, the the great development, economic development that's happening in the city of Dallas is wonderful, but there's not enough affordable housing being left. So once, you know, some... uh, Stock, uh, housing stock that's been torn down because it was dilapidated. It really did need replacing, but it's replaced with um, housing that, that a lot of people even coming out of college can't afford because it's, you know, really high-end housing and yeah. it's right downtown to where the jobs are. And so we, we've got to continue to look for developers that are willing to build some affordable housing for those that are the working poor. Um, because they can't, you know, if they are taking, um, uh, places to live like way far away from the jobs, then they have to spend a lot on housing as well as transportation to get to jobs. So we're, you know, we're creating this bigger and bigger haves and have nots, um, and not giving them somewhere to live. So a lot of people are fine, you know, they'll get their, their housing taken and then there's nowhere for them to go and they're, uh whole families that are looking for affordable housing and um, family gateway is a great organization for helping homeless families Um, but again their caseload continues to grow because of families that are getting evicted and don't have somewhere new to go
0: I've asked other people that work in your sector the same question don't you think that some isn't somebody leaving a lot of money on the table by overlooking this it gets overlooked and it really seems like there's a lot of money to be made by filling this need don't you guys – do you not see that?
1: Well, the – the you know, I guess the developers see that they can get more money from bigger, you know, bigger rents. And, and um, you know, and I, I mean, I believe in uh, prosperity and, you know, um, capitalism. Uh, it's just we need somewhere in the middle, too, lower, middle, upper. And um, so there are a lot of organizations that are really looking at what – how do we move into some affordable housing how do we get developers to move into more affordable housing and the city of dallas is looking at how do we do that so i think that's probably where we all have to keep our focus if we're ever going to get people move from being homeless to being housed even on the um, on the edges and then what are the wraparound services that we need to have to help keep people housed that it may we're chronically homeless and they have just so many more needs
0: Brennan Snitzer is the executive director of the Stewpot. Their website, thestewpot.org. We've talked about your transportation service. We've talked about how you guys are helping kids, uh, food services. You mentioned counseling. There's still a lot that's in there. You have just case management in general, also uh, vocational services and medical and dental. Is there one that you want to talk about? Is is there something that you really like in that in that grouping?
1: Um, well, you know, our art program is something that's really unique. Okay, and, I'm glad
0: that you brought that up. That's great. Yeah,
1: And and so if you go, um, again, on our website or if you want to come to see our gallery, we usually have galleries um, going all around town. Sometimes at churches, it may be a one-day pop-up um, to see our art program, or it may be we, we had at the library for a couple of months. Um, we've had it at... Um, Dallas Love Field Airport. We, we do them around town, so we usually have our art up somewhere. Right now we're doing some renovations for our art studio, but we're about to put our gallery back up, and so people could come down and see at the Stew Our artists um, range from folk art to uh, abstract to just some amazing works that you just, until you see it, you wouldn't you wouldn't really know um, how talented folks are Um, and they get 90 percent of the income from uh, any paintings um, or art or sculptures that they sell and 10% goes back into the program because we provide all the materials I
0: was just gonna ask why an art program would be important for an organization like this but I mean you're kind of already saying it It, it, they're they're making money off of their art yes Uh, does what else does it provide
1: well, it, I, I say that's like our gardening and our music program and the art. It's, it's, it's a life affirming activity. I like to call it that because all of us want to have joy in something other than just living. And so for, for many of them, um, you know, either singing or, or doing art or gardening, that is something that makes them you know, really enjoy life um, when their circumstances may be really sad. Um, And so it's just it's just a way to really give them an outlet that they might not otherwise have.
0: All right. We have blazed through half an hour. Let's kind of start wrapping up real quick. If people want to volunteer With this organization, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: So, again, going to our website and um, looking, there's several volunteer opportunities from the clothing closet to meal service to the art program, and then one-time kinds of volunteer opportunities. You can go on there and and just browse and see what you might be interested in. You can come down and tour and talk with our volunteer coordinators. So, going through our website's a great way to to get that started. Um, We also have an event coming up um, at the uh, end of, or middle of February, February 20th, so Two twenty twenty 2020 is the date of the um, event called Soups On, and it is our 12th annual um, event where Brian Lesher, who used to um, own and and, um, be the lead chef for the grape um, that just recently he's transitioned to a new that role. That was a bummer. I yeah, love I love place. the grape too. and um, But he's still around and he will probably still do his, his mushroom soup. Um, but he, he recruits <laughs> 12 other chefs that they do their specialty soup. Um, so you come to the Soup song. There's a wonderful program. We'll have a judge, Craig Mitchell, that started a running club with um, Skid Row and there was a documentary done about him and we'll be actually doing the, the documentary at, at Alamo Draft Drafthouse um, uh, on the 21st, that Friday night, after, or 22nd after the um, the event. No, that's 21st. Um, anyway, uh, so you can get tickets and information on our website. Um, it's soups on. It's a great day. It's a great way to support um, the Stew Pot, and we also look for volunteers for that as well.
0: All right, so the organization is the Stew Pot. Don't forget, on February 20th, having an event over at the Omni in Duluth, the 12th annual Soup On. Tickets still available at thestewpot.org. I've been speaking with Brenda Snitzer. She is their executive director. It was great speaking with you. I really appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you so much, Nick.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours